0: You're listening to Randall Parker's Film Club with me, Randall Parker. This week's film club, we'll be trawling through the usual bag of knackers, uh, like films that are what I would like to see, emails, and as a bit of a treat, we've got a brand new section for you, but a bit more about that later on. We'll review a film off the list of greatest films of all time and a film requested by a fellow podcaster in the last episode. But firstly, I'd like to break the news to you that Moorman and Mr. White have decided to separate. Yeah, they've had a fair crack at it but it seems that after just under six months they've decided to call time on their holy union well for half that time mum was in prison yeah i heard the news a couple of days ago don't think uh, that they ever got over the fact that mr white was wanked off by a fat-handed barrel at the stag do you know slow francis's mum or mum getting arrested for a twat related ping-pong antics yeah, her mum's kept the house and Mr White is currently hauled up at the travel lodge with only a couple of pot noodles and babe station to keep him company of an evening. It all seems to have stemmed from that fucking DNA test that we all took a few weeks back. It turns out that Mr White isn't Mr Vanderbeek's dad and Mr Vanderbeek isn't Mr White's dad and none of us are related to each other. There was a letter in there right with the results saying that they'd never seen such a set of results that so different from each other. In fact, they said the results were so different, they surprised that any of us had ever met before. So, he's not his dad, I'm not my dad, and he's not his dad. It's all very confusing, I tell you. Since the results came back, Mr White and Mr Vanderbeek have been getting on a lot better. They're nipping off to the pub and consoling each other. Funny that, ain't it? Before this shot, they were always kicking the fuck out of each other, the funny fuckers. Mr. White and Mum had been arguing all the time. I mean, I was round there the other day, Mr. White was saying stuff like Can't even bear to look at the fat fucker and shit like you've had me for the fool for 50 fucking years, Maureen. So I asked him if they could keep the noise down as well. I was trying to watch Richard Osman's Ass of Games at the time. Fucking love that show. Anyway, not long after that, he storms the fuck out and collected all of his stuff the next day. Weren't much of that. Uh, he lost most of it when Slow Francis blew his fucking ass up. Tell you the truth, I'm sort of glad he's fucked off, you know. Uh, He's always been hanging around, a bit like the stench of an eggy fart, since as far back as I can fucking remember.
1: Randall Parker's Film Fact
0: Wonder Woman actress Gal Gadot says that even though she's heard a lot of negative things about her, she respects and admires fellow actress Brie Larson.
1: Randall Parker's Film
0: Fact Mr Van der Beek, Mum's Dutch friend, has gone back to Amsterdam to attend to his businesses, he says. Uh, seems like he's in a bit of a sulk with Mum as well. I don't understand it. They're out most nights, you know, dancing, having a balty down a new place that's just opened. Uh, he went back on Thursday, just gone. I went around to say to Raw and said to him that I'd like to keep in touch with him. To which he replied, fuck off, you fat <c-> At the end of the podcast last time, I was just about to go off to old Joe's funeral. Yeah, proper sad that was. It was just me, big fat Judith, the home and Sharon the Vicar in that big church. Yeah, Joe hadn't got many friends. He was quite an abrasive character. What a great way to describe someone. Abrasive. Abrasive. sort of conjures up all sorts of images in your head, doesn't it? Uh, we sung a couple of hymns. Uh, Sharon the Vicar read a couple of poems out, uh, sung a couple more songs, and then bunged him in the ground and back here for a cup of tea and a couple of four-finger kick-hats. Yeah, Sharon the vicar followed us back to my place and then banged on about heaven and hell for fucking ages. To be honest with you, out of the two, hell seems more like my bag. All those goody-goody people up there in heaven acting like they're fucking better than you. Whereas in hell, with all that misery and being downtrodden, sounds more like Mark cup of tea, let's face it. Living in Edgeby for the last 50 fucking years, you know. It's the fucking same thing, innit? Anyway, it's all fucking bullshit, ain't it? The following Monday, the council were next door, clearing out his gaff, chucking all his rubbish into a skip, ready for the next fucker to move in. Tell you what was sad, though, was seeing all of his valuable stuff laid out for everyone to have a good look at. Well, that was when I was down at the car boot sale the other Sunday, when big fat Judith was flogging off his knickknacks. I'd be pleased to hear that after an extensive search, he did manage to finally track down his jar of special 50 p's. she has been looking for that for fucking years, apparently. I had a letter about Joe the other day as well, yeah. All formal looking, like. Didn't bother to read it properly. Bin the fucking thing. Probably some fucker wanted me to settle all his debts. That'd be typically the old sod, wouldn't it? Emails. Right, so, emails. Uh, we've got. Can you smell shit? Have you trodden dog shit? Yeah, sorry about that. I was hoping you wouldn't notice. You were gonna sit there with shitty shoes and hoping I wouldn't fucking notice. Doesn't smell that bad. Take them off and put them by the back fucking door. For fuck's sake, who sits in someone's house with dog shit shoes on? Jesus Christ. Anyway, emails. We've had a fair few, so let's crack on. The first one goes Dear Randall, I am an amateur time traveller and have yet to travel in time, but I am constructing machine in my lockup. Before I set off on my maiden voyage, I have been doing some research onto the peril of changing the past. I have been gauging people's opinions and was wondering what your take on it all is. Do you think that a time traveler is unable to change the past and if it is true that the past has happened in a certain way then it is impossible for the past to have occurred in any other way and a time traveler would not be able to change the past from the way it is they would only act in a way that is already consistent with what has already happened or conversely, are you of the opinion that time travel is what is known as a casual loop? A loop in which the future event could cause the past event, in which in turn could cause the future event. Both events would then exist in space-time, but their origin would be unable to be determined. I would love to hear your thoughts on the subject. Many thanks, Sue Barker. Hmm, uh, Next email goes, Dear Randall, after a night out on the piss, me and the lads went out for a meal. We decided that it would be a change from the usual curry house to go for an Italian. Tony said that he loved the lifestyle in Italy and when he spent a month at an Airbnb in Napoli, he got to experience the real Italy, not the usual touristy bollocks that you get when you stay in one of those massive hotels. Darius said that even though he found Italy to be pleasant he found that the hustle and bustle of Rome was a bit too much for him and he was glad to get back on British soil after his 10-day stay and then Sam piped up and said that even though he could see everyone's point of view he was sure that if Tony had indeed spent longer than a month in Italy it would have probably have become to have seen it being the normal and in time he would have grown tired of it. As you can imagine, this was like a red rag to a bull. Tony immediately grabbed his red-hot lasagna and threw it into Sam's face, causing his skin to instantly blister off, which was only made worse when Tony started to throw salt at him. And as I type this email, Darius is in A&E having a nice bottle of Chianti removed from his starfish. But my question to you is this. If you could live anywhere, where would it be? Best wishes, Danny Carter. Oh, fucking love an Italian, I do. Used to be this place in town where they used to do anything Italian, you could imagine, just as long as they sold it in the farm foods across the road. Fucking love the San Marco wine pizza they did. Fucking amazing. Uh, but down to the question, if anywhere, where would I like to live? Well, I love living here in Edgebury, actually. All my friends and family live here, so I sort of live where I want to, but I suppose that's a bit of a cop-out, isn't it? Let's have a think. Er... Uh, Always wanted to live in Miami. Yeah, well, that's back when Marmy Vise used to be on the telly. Uh, look, cool back in the 80s, that did. Had absolutely nothing to do with the women with the big knockers wandering around in them skimpy bikinis. Yeah, let's go with Miami. Yeah. Oh, tell you what, I feel a review coming on. <laughs> Onto our first film this week uh, it's from 2019 it's called Parasite and I think it won the best picture Oscar now it's directed by Bong Joon-ho I fucking hope I've pronounced that right I don't want to get in the shit uh, anyway it starts up with this family they live in this shitty basement and they fold pizza boxes for a bit of cash and they're fucking piss poor now this family they're called the Kims Uh, there's a mum a dad a daughter and a son and this family right uh, the daughter's mate says to her why don't you pretend to be a teacher and become a tutor for this some posh folks who are called the parks and that's what she does now she's dead good at it and the parks don't realize she's from a piss poor family and after a while they decide it'd be a fucking good idea to all get jobs and work for the posh family Uh, they pretend the chauffeur's having it off in the car so he gets the sack and the dad gets a job And they pretend the housekeeper has TB so she gets the sack and then the mum gets the job and the son um, can't fucking remember what he does anyway. Anyways, all of the Kim family end up working for the Park family and they're having a fucking great time and the Park's decide to fuck off on holiday. And when they're gone, the Kim's move into their posh house and Fanny about having a great time. Well that is until the old housekeeper turns up and says I've left something in the basement and she goes into a secret room where her husband has been living for fucking years. Anyways, it all kicks off and they have this massive scrap and then the Parks come back because he's been pissing down on holiday and uh, they lock the old housekeeper and her husband in the basement and then they fuck off. Uh, Next day it's a little kid's birthday and they're having a party and it all goes tits up massively. The husband who's locked in the basement escapes and clubs the son over the head. He gets into a coma. Then there's a massive punch-up at the birthday, and the kid then has a fit. And then they say the chauffeur Dad stinks, and he stabs the park dad, and Kim's dad legs it off. And it sort of ends there. Fucking hell, what a film. Sort of starts out with one thing, ends up as another. You don't know what the fuck's going on. You don't know what's going to happen next. It's like when you nip off, and you're going to treat yourself to a sit-down piss. You know, when you're really bursting. And halfway through, a shit starts to come out. It's sort of like that. Ratings wise, I've got to put it on a par with something like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which also started out as one thing, but actually was a social commentary on how we treat people who are different to us, whether it be skin colour, social standing, or whether you're a cartoon or not. That was Parasite. Watch that if you want to see someone's basement apartment full of other people's feculence. <laughs> slow francis and donna the daft lass are still engaged neither of the dozy pricks come into their senses yet Uh, they've booked the dog and partridge for the engagement due next friday night should be shit Uh, mum said i've got to fucking go i don't know why what with mr white fucking off it's not like we're step brothers anymore is it but having said that betty the landlady from the dog and partridge does put on a fucking good spread so I might nip down there at early doors, fill up a few Tupperware containers with chicken nuggets, come back here and wash the women's euros football on the telly and just me pants. I'll leave that there. Don't need to go into details. Fucking love Gabby Logan, I do. Uh, still can't believe it. Donna and Francis making the beast with two backs turns your fucking stomach, don't it? For fuck's sake and the sake of mankind, I hope they don't fucking reproduce. For everybody's sake, they should both be fucking sterilised. Perhaps I'll put that in the election manifesto. I mentioned before that he asked me to be best man, to which I told him to fuck himself sideways. So he's asked Grandmaster Steve-O, or you may know him, Giacomo, you know. Tell you what, if that fat fucker's the best man, then the old mankind's fucking doomed, isn't it? Films that
1: what I would like to see
0: on to the part of the podcast which seems to get the fewest amount of people complaining although we did get a letter off disney once telling me to keep my hands off their intellectual properties uh, that's right it's films that's what i would like to see now this week's film is called the banker now there's this fella and he's a bit of a quiet bloke nice sort uh, what works in a bank and one day he's coming home and he sees this woman and she's getting hard time off her boyfriend at the bus stop and our bloke steps in and gets punched in the face for his trouble and the boyfriend fucks off. The woman thanks him and they start to chat and she says that she's got nowhere to go now because her boyfriend yeah, punched him in the face and everything. And he says, well, you can stop at my gaff if you like. No funny business. I've got loads of room. Anyway, she does stop there and after a while, you know, she makes him come out of his shell and become a bit of a better person. And they ultimately end up banging and they're now boyfriend and girlfriend. Then there's this hold up at the bank and he becomes the hero and wrestles one of the bank robbers to the floor and it turns out to be his girlfriend who was just banging him to get information out of him. Oh, for fuck's sake. I've told you the fucking twist there. There's no fucking... Oh, fucking hell. For fuck's sake. Let's knock this on the head. It's a fucking good idea as well, that was.
2: Fuck.
1: Films that what I would like to see.
0: As you will undoubtedly have heard, I am standing in the local by-election for Edgebury on the 18th of August. Be interesting to see how things unfold Now Boris is fucked off. Uh, I'm standing as an independent candidate. Don't want to be tied to anyone else's policies, do I? Uh, my current manifesto is, reopen the swimming baths in town. Close the library. Let's face it, when was the last time you were in there? Uh, Tommy Slippers only uses it as his own personal living room, the dirty old teat. Sits in there, hogging there, copy, take a break for fucking hours on end. Then comes over to you and tells you the stories and ruins a surprise for you. Ooh, she was raped by a ghost that turned out to be a dead brother's mate. Fucking prick. Uh, he's been sacked from the chippy. They caught him taking a shit behind the bins, stating he hasn't had an inside shit since Daniel Beddingfield was number one. What else? Uh, oh, yeah. Making the Edgebury pie a protected status food thingy. You know, like Cornish pasties is, and, erm. Um, yeah, other things, yeah. And that's it for now. Oh, and sterilise Francis so we can't have fucking kids. Uh, you'll be pleased to know that Big Ken has finally surfaced from his bedroom sulk. There's only so much dark web Bavarian porn one man can handle. He's even started talking with a Nuremberg accent, now the fucker. Anyways, he's surfaced and he's now in full control of the campaign and later next week, Gally Southgate and a few of his mates from Manchester Poly are coming down and we're going to go door-to-door gauging opinion. Should be a bit of a laugh. What isn't a laugh, though, is that Ken will only be my campaign manager if I let him sing a song at the end of this episode. I fucking knew this was going to happen, you know. Uh, Now, he wants to sing his song that he's written for the Eurovision Song Contest, The Sun Shines Out of Your Arsehole. Now, he's got dead excited that he's got down to the last 462 acts to represent the UK at next year's contest in May 2023. But after digging round on the internet, it isn't such an amazing feat as they've only had 462 songs entered. I bet Ken's was the only one on the fucking cassette too. Uh, so you've got that to look forward to at the end of the podcast, or you could just turn off after I said torah for a bit, probably for the best. Randall Parker's Film Fact Thor actor Chris Hemsworth has begun legal action against the makers of Bovril trying to force them to reveal how it's made stating they can't keep things like that secret we have a right to be able to knock this up at home
1: Randall Parker's Film Fact
0: Quick shout out to Kung Fu Dan whose ongoing campaign against the woman with the boss eye George in Asda continues Dan has set up a blockade at one of the main doors of the supermarkets and handing out leaflets and he says that Hang on. What the fucking hell is that noise? Hang on. What the fuck are th- oh, what the fuck are they do oh fucking hell. Oh fuck a duck. Oh shit, it's fucking Dave Dog Dirt and his wife, dog dirt Deirdre. Looks like they're fucking moving in next to are old Joe's bungalow fucking oh fuck. How the fucking hell have they got that? Well no. I know exactly how they would have fucking got that. Threatened some fucker at the council. He's a fucking c-t. She's an even bigger c**t. Oh fucking hell. Oh fuck. That's all I fucking need. Them two tosses next door. He once threatened to reach into my mouth and grab me arsehole and turn me inside out. Just because I wouldn't give him a fucking chup a chup. Wouldn't have minded but I was only ten at the fucking time. He's the main reason they've got locks on the door down at the morgue at the county hospital. She ain't much better. Every Christmas she takes orders off people, right, for toys and shit. Orders them off very old studio or some catalogue, right. Has them all sent to an empty house under a false name, Carol Decker. And then never fucking pays for it. She makes fucking thousands out of it every year. When people see her in October doing her rounds, everyone says, here she comes, Christmas Carol. Now it looks like I've got them as fucking neighbours, that'll be a fucking laugh. They'll be round a bit later to borrow a cup of sugar, but well, they won't fucking knock. Now they'll just pick the lock, sneak in, take the fucking thing. Later on, when I'll be there, putting a teaspoon of sugar on my Rice Krispies, the old fucking bag will be gone. off oh, fucking hell.
1: Film <laughs> fuck-ups.
0: Right, piss me off, fellas. So I thought we'd try something new out, a section I came up with just before I stroked one off in the bath last Wednesday. Don't know why I told you that, but hey ho. Uh, I was thinking about how films are made, right, and the amount of time and energy and money that go into them, and yet sometimes fuck ups happen, you know. You know they slip through the net, sort of, don't you know? When like a bloke's holding an egg sarnie in one hand, right, and the camera changes, and he's holding it in the other end, that sort of thing. Now I do realise we could get bogged down in all sorts of mess of bollocks by saying things like in Back to the Future, a film that's set in 1955 sees Marty McFly playing a guitar that wasn't made until 1958. No, not that sort of thing. We'll steer clear of that if it's all the same to you, yeah. We'll look at things, once you've seen them, you can't unsee. So, today's fuck-up is from the 1995 film The Usual Suspects. I think it's alright to still talk about this film, ain't it? Even though the director and Kaiser Sose is both a bit fruity, allegedly. Uh, now, our fuck-up happens about 30 minutes and 10 seconds into the film, and it's right before the gang of baddies, or of the goodies, it's hard to know, ain't it? Uh, well, right before the robber police car near the airport, and we see a plane, a Boeing 747, with four engines coming to land. Right, wait for it, and now we see this plane from the front and then the camera switches to behind and it's a Boeing 767 with only two engines. Well done to the continuity department on that one. Yeah, 30 minutes and 10 seconds, yeah, give it a look-see.
1: Film Fuck-Ups
0: In other news I've had a bit of a setback financially as I was called into White and Bailey Fabrication to meet with Mr. White and have a bit of a chat. Yeah, now, due to the rise in fuel costs, uh, inflation and the current Ukrainian situation, White and Bailey have seen a downturn and are having to let a certain number of staff go. That certain number seems to be one. Me. It is a shame. After nearly ten years I've been working there, you know, made many, many friends. Well, some. A few. One or Two. Uh, I fully understand why Mr Weiss had to make this tough decision and I know it's been hard for him, you know, because he's always supported me and fought my corner many times when Large Lionel's gone off his fucking nut. I did say to Mr White that I should be in line for a tasty bit of redundancy, but he sadly informed me. Well, sadly, he did look like he was smirking at the time. He said that due to being on emergency permanent furlough, I wasn't entitled to any redundancy. Some government red tape or something. I said to him not to worry, and I fully understand that he's got to do what he's got to do, and he's probably for the best, because I probably would have uh, had to hand in me notice when I won the local by-election. And he said to me, that's a spirit, you dense fucker. Not quite sure what he meant by that. Heard from Tommy Slippers that they had a leaving party for me the day after. My invite must have been lost in the post or something. Randall's Requests So last week we had fellow podcaster Planty from 100 Things We Learned From Film on and he recommended a film for all of us to watch and for me to review this week. As a bit of a side note, I forgot to let him out of the airing cupboard and he was in there for the best part of 36 hours. Heard him tapping on the pubs and thought the central eating was packing up. Anyways, he said we should all watch the film Dead Man's Shoes from 2004, directed by Shane Meadows. Now, Planty said to me that he was grim and he wasn't fucking wrong. Uh, it starts off with this soldier, played by Paddy Ashdown, and he comes back after being in the army, and he's living in this rundown old farm, and his dopey brother's are, like, following him around like a bad fucking smell. Now, his dopey brother has been picked on by a bunch of local drug-dealing dickheads, and Paddy Ashdown decides he's going to fuck them up. Now, they're in this pub, right, and uh, one of the drug-dealer wankers is in there, and he says to Paddy, What are you looking at? And he says, You, you are c- it's been a lot of C word action in this week's podcast, ain't there? So Paddy sort of like follows him around and finds out where they all hang out. And later that night, he nips off where three of them are fanning about and trashes their flat and nicks the drugs they deal. Uh, they nip round to the main boss's house and tell him that Paddy Ashton's been in there and nicked all the drugs, but Paddy's been round to his house and during the night and put makeup on him. He should have just killed him there and then, then we could have all put on the women's euros fucking love gabby logan i do where was i well next thing is right he's been round to all of them and fucked them all up right in some way and the next night they're round at the, their base and paddy attacks one of them with an axe and kills him. all the time during this we get flashbacks to before when they were to paddy's dense brother there's another c word there seems the day for it don't it the baddies track Paddy down to this farmhouse and send off one of them to pick on him and the main boss shoots his bloke in the back of the head. Didn't understand that. He should have just shot Paddy in the head. Yeah, it would have been better. Anyway, they all fuck off back to the boss's house and Paddy drugs them all and kills them one by one. And you think, fucking great, they managed to pack it all into one hour. More films should do that and get to the point. But now there's another 25 minutes to go whilst Paddy Ashdown tracks down some bloke we hadn't seen before, kidnaps him and takes him off to this haunted castle and says, what the fuck did you do to my brother? To which this bloke says, oh, he got hung. And we see a flashback to them being a load of twats to the dense lad and he actually killed himself and the dense lad who's been following Paddy around was his ghost. Then Paddy says, oh, by the way, I just killed all of your mates. And this bloke says, "They ain't me mates, I fucked them off. So Paddy says, okay, then, please, could you stab me? And he does, and he sort of ends there. First thing I'll say about this is that Matlock, where this is set, looks fucking grim. Makes round here look nice. Having said that, though, looks a thousand times better than fucking Stoke. This was a rod, right messer box. They kept having these flashbacks and they were in black and white. Rod right. pissed me off that did. Thought the old TV was on the blink. It's made by Bush. Out of warranty, so its days are fucking number, aren't they? Uh, ratings wise, I'll put this on a par with the time I got fairy liquid in me pee hole. Don't ask, it was an experiment that went wrong. That was Dead Man's Shoes. Watch that if you want to see a load of moody fuckers wander around a damp council estate for an hour and 25 fucking minutes. Randall's requests. Shout out to local tramp Tommy Slippers who has been restored to the other side of the counter in the chip shop. I was there the other night and he was back chatting his shit telling everyone the ex-drummer out of King Crimson has just set up a store on the market selling barbecue supplies. Wouldn't believe a fucking word he says, his words about as reliable as a £10 bet on Emma Radicanu. Now just a little hello to friend of the podcast Party Janet who for a limited time is back being known as Dirty Janet. Yes, folks, she's come out of retirement as a few of her girls are off ill and currently working through a course of antibiotics. Janice says most of her old menu is still available but she is having to say no to any soil work as it's all getting a bit tender around the back, what with wear and tear.
1: Randall
0: recommends... So onto Randall Recommends this week and we've got a fellow podcaster Chris from Weird Thing About That here to recommend a film for us all to watch and then next week I'll review it now Weird Thing About That is a podcast where three people sit around chatting bollocks on a subject and then someone judges which is the best story I've been on once or twice and never been beaten yet Uh, I'll pop a link in the description and you can have a listen so dog shit shoe Chris off you go well Randall In 1994, director James Cameron, presumably while on a lot of cocaine, decided to write, direct and produce the rip-roaring action flick, True Lies, and I'd love to hear your spin on it. It's got nuclear warheads, Jamie Lee Curtis slapping Cassandra from Wayne's World, Arnold Schwarzenegger flying a Harrier jump jet and riding a horse inside a lift, as well as all the -the over-the-top action and cheesy one-liners you'd come to expect from a 90s Arnie film. It's such a wild ride that it could have been written by Tommy Slippers himself, Yeah, sounds fun, that does. I've brought round my original videotape copy so we can watch it together after this, if you want. OK, after Ken's done his song. Thanks, Chris.
1: Randall recommends.
0: So thank you again for listening. Without you, I'd just be sat here on my own talking to myself. Uh, If you want to get in touch, the email address, as always, is randallparker1971 at gmail.com. Drop me a line if you've got a question, a recommendation, or just want to wish me well. If you want to tell me to fuck off, then that's a different matter. Steve Robson, I've forwarded your death threat emails onto the appropriate authorities, so keep an eye out for those guys. They don't fuck about. Now, as I said, Big Ken's going to sing us his self-penned song, The Sun Shines Out of Your Arsehole, so take it away, Ken, and tear for a bit.
2: We'll <laughs>